Welcome to Very Honored Frater BT's Esoterra Nerd Podcast, episode 26, in which I interview Isis the Aquarium. But first... Isis am I, and from my life are fed all showers and suns, all moons that wax and wane, all stars and streams, the living and the dead, the mystery Speaking sea, I am the earth in its fertility. Life, death, love, hatred, light, darkness, return to me. To me, Isis am I, and to my beauty draw. All glories of the universe bow down. The blossom and the mountain and the dawn, fruits blush and women are creation's crown. Death upon thy lyre, thy lyre. I am the grail, and I the glory now. I am the flame and fueler of thy breath. I am the queen, enraptured and possessed. I am the star of God upon thy brow. Thank you, Honored Soar FSM, for that lovely recital, the Isis Invocation. And thank you, Beethoven, just lovely. My wife, Honored Soar FSM, and I recorded that at a professional studio, put it to music for the Grand Temple of Isis, Mighty Mother, my alma mater. O-G-D-U dot O-R-G Our guest tonight, Isis Aquarian, once known as Charlene Peters, was one of the wives of Father Yod, founder of the Source family in the early 70s, based out of the restaurant of the same name on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. You can find Cabo Cantina at the location where the Source restaurant used to be. If none of this sounds familiar, I highly recommend watching the movie called The Source Family Documentary. Isis and I have been friends for about four years. She's visited the L.A. Sanctuary and attended uh, our rituals here. And I was very glad to have her come on the podcast. So, without further ado, let's get to that interview, shall we? Hi, Edward. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. So you had mentioned um, as a, a possible direction for the conversation, talking about um, maybe some parallels between the, the world that as it is now and maybe the world as it was kind of in the mid to late 60s going on into the, into the 70s where a lot of people back then were wanting to maybe kind of throw off some of the world that they had been imprinted with. And, you know, back then it seems like it was, you know, a good solid million or two people. But, I mean, this time around, 
it, it looks like it might be a much higher number. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested in talking about that too, and talking about um, a little a little bit about what that was like personally from from your point of view. Sure, um, it's very interesting because it's kind of like that that time frame never left. You know, the 60s and 70s carried a, a, a thread that was alive and well, you know, like 40 years later. Yeah. And it is, a, we are in the renaissance right now of that period, which came very quick. You know, usually a renaissance is something doesn't come until much later. And so that showed, that was very interesting when I, when I realized that it was having like a seven a second come around, and what happened in the sixties and seventies? I mean, the influence that it had on everything in the now. It's like um, I, I think it's very interesting to look at. It kind of was like in in that time frame. It was like a door was thrown open, and and souls heard it. We heard it. Many of us heard it. And uh, we very bravely walked through it. And we, we didn't want, we wanted to step out of the, the brainwashing of our parents' generation. Yeah. And I, I feel like what happened was we got heartwashed. A lot of people said, you know, people that were in communes were cults and, and were brainwashed. Well, you do kind of have to wash your brain to be able to get to your heart. So it's clean. Yeah. (laughs) I just felt like we got heart washed. Your brain looks dirty. You need a good brainwashing. Come on in. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just very interesting. It was a journey. It was an evolutionary shift. And we all went through it in different ways. And it was a learning curve for everybody. And there's always the what ifs, could ofs. And there was casualties, and sometimes it was messy, but you know it was a um, it was an evolutionary shift, and it was it was pretty major yeah and it was a start of a whole um, genre of a new age that we're supposed to be dealing with as you know the next golden age of Aquarius which is, you know, morphing into our evolutionary process of, of more of a spiritual being. So when you do that, the old programs have to go. They don't fit. They won't fit. And I think that's what the, that whole portal that opened in that time frame was about. And that call went out, and, and many started that journey. Yeah. And uh, that's what we're, you know, in now is, you know, just – Fitting into the new programs and letting go of the old, the old stuff. Yeah. But it was like a perfect storm, Edward. It's like everything was there perfectly at the right time, and 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 that word "perfect storm" just kind of came up to to explain what happened because so much of what happened and the and the result of it, it's like it had to have had cosmic help. You know, there was a whole other thing that was happening. Yeah. And you mentioned millions. Well, you know, there were, um, there were, I don't know what the right word is. There was ley lines, there was centers. There were centers where it took hold, where people 
migrated to because right. it was safe, like Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, the, some. Well, actually, I think Los Angeles was just about it. San Francisco started, but it became kind of dark with drugs. Right. And I, there was uh, that one phenomenon in, I believe it was '68 into '69, where there was a lot of. Uh, different political parties forming and, and a lot right. of protesting. And then, but then all the, you know, everybody heard that that was where all the hippies were. So it just kind of got overrun by people and the media was going around saying, what are you doing here? And some naked guy saying, I'm here to shout to the sun. And, uh, yeah. and then Reagan came in and he was, I guess, governor at the time and, and the hell's angels and the, uh, okay. So we're talking about San Francisco, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. I, my friend Gordon was there. He was driving a cab. So he had this sort of first person viewpoint of, of, he watched Reagan land and get out and flip off all the hippies. So he yeah. has, he, he's hated Reagan, you know, since before that moment, but that moment definitely stayed with him. Yeah. That's, that's the way I feel about it too. And then, and, and you know, in, in London, London was more what they called the term mod, uh, mod hippie. Hmm. But I think Los Angeles, which is called the, the City of the Angels, um, that, I think that really was a spiritual um, gateway for the West. Yeah. And that's even the East came here, you know, for the merging of the East and the yeah, West. Yeah, there were a lot of yogis and gurus. and Right. And even... Recently, uh, the Dalai Lama made a very interesting statement. He said, the Western man will be, no, he said, mankind will be saved by the Western woman. Hmm. Have you ever heard that? No, that's that's a good one. Yeah, that's, and so, and I know that in that time frame, many thought, and I know that Father Yod, that was one of the things he told us was, that uh, the, the next spiritual awakening would come from the West. Hmm. And I think the BOTA or Paul Foster Case wrote about that in The Great Seal of the United States. Yeah, that was a very interesting book. Or yeah, in, in that I, sense, it kind of already has happened. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, people when you start talking like that, people say, so were you in favor of the Iraq war? You know, someone wants to, like, no, get know. you to pin down on, you know, what are you, patriotic? But, yeah, no, really, it was a revolution. It was Rosicrucian. It was it was, um, it was was from the heart. Yes, the, a lot of the key players had slaves at the time. People, you know, don't want to hear that maybe there could have been some wisdom that came from our ancestors who were so scummy. But, uh, I know. But, I mean, but, you know, it's, it's a, there's a lot to try to look past to see the good. But I think it was because we were, uh, we were a free country. People weren't afraid of being, you know, hung or assassinated. We had freedom, freedom of speech yeah. and freedom of religion and freedom of expression. And, and wanted I, to keep it. I wanted to keep it. Wanted to keep that freedom. Yeah. You know, um, I was just checking your site, and you you had a thing about uh, Mormonism. Yeah, that's very interesting because I'm totally into um, this whole concept of polygamy. Mm-hmm. I really, I really feel that's the next thing that's for equality that's going to be put on the agenda or should be. As far as legally, for sure. And, you know, and in the minds of kind of the mainstream uh, status quo people will have to kind of get used to the idea like they did, you know, homosexuality. Um, I mean, I, I witnessed that change from the early 80s when everybody would say. I know. Um, I was going to say, you know, God, 
you know, with, with the gay rights, which I'm totally support, yeah. is, is equal. And then consenting adults can't, you know, have relationships in the way yeah. that they want. Work it out in ways that people have historically. Mm-hmm. People do. You know, people, it, it's that one little that one little knotted thread that 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 holds it. Like if you're not married, you can have as many partners as you want. You can live with as many partners as you want. But if you get married, then you can't do anything. So I mean, right. it's just it's like it's very interesting that the, the terms and how yeah. Hugh Hefner got away with it, and everybody loved it. Hmm. But anyhow, I, I so anyhow, I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't exactly the angle. This was something that was close to my life. Yeah. Journey. Oh, of course. Yeah. With the first family, you know, with with Father Yod having so many wives, and he he ended up uh, sealing fourteen women as his wives, uh, and there was a process through that where he had. Um, many women, and there's a distinct distinction between his women and his wives. Um, once he sealed who his wives were, that was it. There was there was no changing it. But um, and it was just a, a we we lived in our we lived in our own world that we created, and it was a, a you know we lived by spiritual law over man's law. And that's what I was talking about, you know, man's law, when you have that law and that changes everything. Yeah. And uh, so our our concepts at the time were, you know, no hurt or harm intended. And we were moving very fast through the spiritual realms because right. we became a mystery school teaching. Well, and he was also bestowing teachings that involved tantric practice and right. intimacy. Everything became sacred. We didn't have orgies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and part of, I mean, kind of, I mean, from my limited understanding, part of the formulae of a passing on of certain lineage in Tantra involves that marriage commitment, that, that, that marriage sealing with your partner. So he was basically teaching something that kind of is considered a little edgy even in India, and he was teaching it openly in Hollywood in front of everybody. And, I mean, I think there were a few people that, that at that point thought, oh, well, he, okay, this guy's just a pervert. I thought there was, yeah, he, I thought well, there was something to it. it. Well, you know, there's still the, the debate about it now, even among family members who 40 years later, I mean, everybody you know, was in consent and agreed to it. And we were happy at the time. And, you know, I'm finding out now that now that a lot of people are looking back at something that happened in a different time frame and trying to make it fit now into this time frame, it's like we were in a different world and now we're back in this world and people are trying to make it fit. Well, it just won't. Yeah. So it's caused a, a few people to really spin out and they're quite negative and they're thoroughly convinced they were brainwashed and you know their life mission is tearing it apart and father give it apart and uh, everything that happened within the family from a point of view of not not being done in a spiritual realm and there there is such a difference yeah when you do things in a different mindset so it's just it's interesting to see how a person it's it's just a process and it's a person path and journey and 
you know, everybody's got to just get through it in their in their own uh, grade level, in their own exams. Everybody has to take their own passing grade with it. So, hmm. A couple of know. thoughts that spin off of those ideas. I'll try to remember both of them. I'm a little stoned. I did a six-second hit. You know, I did it in honor of... Uh, but I, 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 one thought was, I mean, I, I've seen that a lot in a lot, you know, Golden Dawn circles, um, Scientology circles. Um, there's all kinds of circles where people they want to tear it down. Not to say, I mean, but on the other hand, I mean, the, what I was getting at though is that there's nothing wrong with that unless one happens to be trying to preserve it. So if you happen to be on, the, like I used to be one who was actively trying to preserve traditional Golden Dawn. So I was out, always out there arguing with Thelemites who were, you know, just quoting Crowley saying, oh no, the old rituals are dead. And I was saying, no, they're not, you know, and getting taking it all personally. But I think that whether you're on the side of tearing it apart or whether you're on the side of preserving it, that transcending it is ultimately much healthier than being obsessed. I, I know. But you know, um, I, I've been um, actively over the last couple of years connecting with past uh, communes like um, Sunburst Farms and um, Twin Oaks in Virginia and the farm and yeah. all these communes that were happening, and the Love Israel family, that were all happening at the same time we were. And in reconnecting with them and talking with them in the now, it's like they're, yeah. we're all going through the same issues, you know, with, with trying to figure it out, dissect it, move on. And, um, you know, we're all, we're all having the, the same issues with each other. There's, there's a lot of yeah. infighting. And, and, and I think that's just until we can get to the point of realizing it doesn't – it doesn't yeah, matter. it is what it is, and it's doing what it's doing, and it did what it did, and it'll do what it'll do, and yeah. And we had an amazing journey. Oh my God, to to have been part of all of that, to have even had that experience, it's like wow. You know, it was what's happening. What we did as part of the forerunners and, and part of the pioneers were, you know, we were all very well-educated people uh, that, that it, it, some, if you really look behind people that were dropping out in their stories and we just, we lived out a lifestyle and we fast-forwarded our visions to the future. We knew, we, 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 we stepped into the future. Yeah. And we did, we started doing dimension jumping back then. And where anything was possible. And so we, we dared to dream, you know. And so what happened now is we created our own rules. And... Um, this generation now is able to s just slide into what we had to take on faith. You know, with science proving everything and quantum physics proving everything. Right. You know, from our, our DNA, you know, we create by our words, our thoughts, and, and, and you know, just all of the mystery school teachings. But what, what's interesting in the now is the resurgence of that genre, like there are so many um, events and museum shows right now with titles like 
counterculture, you know, where they've taken everything from the 60s and 70s. It's a, a Bellevue m- Museum outside of Seattle is doing a display, a display of, of, of clothes and things from that time frame. And there's something called hippie modernism in the Walker Museum now in, Min- in Minnesota, a huge museum. And, and the Avam Museum in Baltimore just had a whole thing where uh, Father Yoda and the Source were in one part of it called Cosmic Mavericks. Hmm. I know. So it's like what's happening right now um, with that thread of the 60s and 70s is, is very much alive and well and exciting. And it's giving this generation an opportunity to uh, still be a part of it and experience it and enjoy it. it. It, You know, it's like we're the old garden. We're still standing. And yeah. I, I don't remember a time where the old guard merged with the new guard like we're doing now. It's kind of like there's no difference. You know, we're all yeah. kind of, we're all like the, we're all the next generation, no matter how old we are. And, um, People are starting to see each other again as, as just on a soul level. They're not seeing how old you are, who you are. Right. Well, yeah, once you start to take reincarnation for granted, then every little kid you're looking at is your, your former teacher yeah. that, you, that you miss, you know. I know. So, I mean, but it's, good, it's great because, I mean, so many people look at a little kid and go, oh, what a stupid little kid. You haven't seen anything yet. And it's just this really bad, vibey, thing that people default to sometimes in in you know kind of in the west and um so i really i i, I love that you know my, my dad had that where he would start to talk to me like you know i think you were a teacher of mine in a former life and oh can you imagine growing up like that oh my god yeah i mean how lucky were you seriously i know your backstory and i'm Totally blown away at school was confusing because I, you know, I really had to get used to the way that other people operate. (laughs) I know, but I uh, wanted to mention to you because uh, Janie and I had gone out to Joshua Tree on eleven, 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 and taken a a Terrence McKenna heroic dose of psilocybin mushrooms, and um, and I was thinking about uh, the connection actually between the Source family and the Mormons, and kind of in that state, I was imagining Father Yod. And all of you guys kind of wandering through the desert and seeing Joshua trees for the first time. And I guess it was like the first time that, well, anybody of note uh, had seen Joshua trees. And so they decided that it reminded them of Joshua praying in the wilderness in the, in the desert with his arms up. And so they named them Joshua trees and hence the name of the city and everything. Oh, my God. That's so interesting because um, that was Jim Baker's favorite place to go before he even uh, had the source. And even when he opened the source before the source family, that's where he used to go to uh, camp, was Joshua mm. Tree. That was his spiritual retreat. I love it out there, but it's so crowded, you know, whenever I end up out there. I, I always want to find a campground that I can be alone at. You know, I just got to go out on a Tuesday or some, some weird time. <laughs> or wander away from the campsite far enough. Yeah, plus I think there was a connection because uh, he was a, a bank robber at one point, wasn't he? No, he wasn't a bank robber. He wasn't really a bank robber? It was... he, robbed, he robbed a bank, but that doesn't mean he was a uh... <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, it's not like that was his profession. That's funny, the <laughs> distinction, though. Um, but but I, there was that one time that, um, that, that uh, jo- Joseph Smith had swindled a bunch of people out of 
some silver he had claimed that he had or something. He, he had done something, but that doesn't mean that he was necessarily a swindler. It was just that one time. Look, Jim Baker was a bad boy. <laughs> uh, Buddha was a bad boy. <laughs> if, if you know, Jesus was a bad boy. That's he true. Was, oh, my God. He was like the most radical cult leader ever, right? Right. Or and, he was really good, depending on how you look at yeah, it. And Herod was I, really it, bad. Like, you know, a person's backstory is their evolutionary process. And you always start in your animal consciousness and you work your way up. That's true. Like, Hermes started out as a thief. I know. Like we're all supposed to be doing now. You know, we've all got our backstory. Yeah, that's true. And I got mine. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, is to you know get through that backstory yeah. and move on to the to the to the front story here mm. that we're all supposed to be doing a little more than we're doing. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's where the heart comes in. The heart being the new mindset, the new brain, because. You know, if you stay in your heart, if you live in your heart and you just be kind, it, it, it's, it's a frequency that really protects you. Yeah. And it doesn't allow you to be, it, it, it really helps curb badness. That's true. <laughs> you, know, you can't live in your heart and be in your heart and, and, and be bad like when you live in your mind. Yeah. Yeah, the challenge for me is when there's too much stimulus, you know, when there's when I'm driving, there's a lot of cars and I've had too much caffeine, you know, and I just got a lot going on, then I'll I'll start to get into a space where I'm not kind, you know. And yeah. you're right. You're right. It opens up a portal to to badness and you know, it can really screw up your day and the day of people around you, you know. So I mean, yeah, it's very wise. Well, I think the heart is more of a spiritual genre than the mind is. Yeah. And, you know, all those graphics of Jesus and Mary, almost all of them, they're pointing to their heart, right? Yeah. There's this big heart, and it's got the threefold shin flame coming out of it, which is the Hebrew letter for spirit, the fire. And um, I don't know. The heart has four chambers like the mind. I think it's actually the balance of the mind and the heart, the love and the wisdom. Yeah. I don't think it's one or the other. I think you, you need polarities and everything, but it's, it's that balance of the wisdom, the mind, and the heart. In, uh, in Golden Dawn nerd terms, it would be the, uh, the white dot at the center of the little red rose at the center of the 22-lettered rose of the many colors at the center of the uh, lawman at the breast of, of the adept standing at the middle of the vault. Or in uh, Tibetan terms, there's the, uh, I forget the name of it, but it's a little red droplet that sits on your solar plexus and it contains your immortal soul. Someone told me it has something to do with the liver. That's interesting. Oh, I don't know. That's all getting way. <laughs> I'm, 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 sorry, I'm, sorry. That's the esoteric nerd podcast. Right yeah. <laughs> it's not a need to know basis right now. <laughs> no, but you're right. I, I, you know, it's 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 funny how trying to put things into words, you end up taking away the meaning. Maybe. <laughs> Sometimes it's good to know. The yeah, words. it helps to communicate across generations. Yeah, and then that way, as you come across things from all paths, it's, it substantiates, and then you don't have to talk about it. But I think you, you need to know about it to begin with. So, yeah. no, I, yeah. So. Yeah, and, and Alan Watts was talking about 
you know, in, in 1959 terms in the East, when they say I, they point to their heart, to their chest. And here we, we say, oh, well, where are you? You point to your head. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of interesting. Well, it's an interesting incarnation for sure, and I, I really feel like I'm probably going to miss this one. It's, well, you never know what's coming up, you know, around the corner. I know. I just feel like a lot of good work's been done this this lifetime. I don't think it's been an easy one for me, but um, yeah. I feel like commitments that I made before incarnating. In fact, I know that's when I first met Father Yod. I mean, that was immediately apparent to both of us that we had made commitments this incarnation to work together and to save that legacy, which I think kind of pretty much has been done. So, Yeah, that moment was caught on film, or was it reenacted? What moment? When you met. Uh, no, a lot of, yeah, a lot of it was caught on film. I remember seeing that. In fact, that's why the archives are, are um, so important because back then people didn't, you know, with the communes and stuff. Yeah. Going on, people didn't document. Well, no, because they were so in the now. Yeah. And just into spirit and they were like um, free. And so, yeah. Yeah. That's why the Source Family. Um, book and documentary has done so well in representing a certain fraction of what happened from that time frame. Yeah. Because we do have such a huge, uh, valuable archive to share. Elocalia. I recommend the book. It's, um, it's the, yeah. the, the log of all the, uh, saints in, in Eastern Orthodoxy. The, yeah. uh, the, not the Roman Catholic Church, but all the ones, you know, about the schism a thousand years ago. Oh, right. Yeah. So all the ones that were in the democratic, old, older version of, of Christianity, but they were, you know, in the caves and stuff like that, spending their whole lives there praying with the little prayer ropes until they had the vision of the white light and they were able to heal. And so people wrote down the stories of, of those people. And, I love uh, caves. I would love to live in a cave. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Um, I was going to say something, but I forgot. Oh, regarding names. Mm -hmm. I know many people have asked me for names, and I just, nothing comes forth. I think two names have come forth and, mm -hmm. and that I've been able to give somebody. And I usually just say, name yourself. I took that to heart as well. When Saori... Yeah, what are you feeling? Right. Why does somebody else have to give you... Something they see or feel. Yeah. What's the feeling and it was only because he asked me, but in the case of Saori, yeah. I I was moved to ask her what she felt her name, you know, would be, and she said waterfall, and then I found out there already had been a waterfall, so I dubbed her waterfall the second. Yeah, Aquarian is not exclusive to the Source family. Yeah, we are in the age of Aquarius. We're all Aquarians, and that's. Exactly why we took the name on. Yeah. Was, was, you know, we're all of the same tribe and we're all entering the Aquarian age. Okay, I, I don't know. For me, it's, it's, there is no source family in the now. It's something that happened 40 years ago. Hmm, interesting. Okay. And, but we carry a residue of that thread just like we do in any incarnation. We, I think we, come into all incarnations carrying a residue of our past. Yeah. And I 
that was a past incarnation, that, but it's fresh because we have memory of it. Yeah. And so that makes it interesting. But, you know, it, it's, it's, we are all on our own path now. There is, we're, we're not a source family. There's groupings that, you know, like each other. Some of us don't even like each other. Right. You know, you get 150 people, 200 people living together in one house and going through a five- to six-year period of that intense journey. And there's karma involved. There's drama involved. We, we didn't all like each other. I mean, I would not have dropped my life to join the Source family for the Source family. Right. I was having a great life. I was totally happy. I wasn't really lacking anything as far as I knew. But it was the soul of uh, Father Yod that I recognized and joined for. So in a lot of ways, I had blinders on for myself, speaking for myself, regarding the family. You know, even though we lived together and we were brothers and sisters... And at the time, we enjoyed each other, and we loved each other. There was, you know, you come away from that as in any relationship or situation, people having different threads and different commitments with each other and different feelings. And some of them get dropped, and some of them we carry on, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think, you know... We were in the source closet. We were basically, when I stood up to do the book, it's because I had all the archives and nothing was being done. And nobody wanted to even say that they were in the source. We were totally in the source closet. We were, people were afraid that we were a cult. We would be misunderstood. Father jumped off a cliff. He had 14 wives. Nobody was ready to deal with that from the family. Yeah. And some some of the family didn't even tell their partners anything about it. So when the book came out, kind of brought a lot of people out of the source closet by force, and then we had to start dealing with it. Mm. So it's kind of like a like when we all leave this body, I know I'm laughing because I know I'm going to look at some of the stuff that's been left, like the archives, the book, the documentary. It's part of history. Yeah. And it will survive because my archives are going into a very prestigious archive program at UC Santa Barbara. Excellent. So for hundreds of years from now, scholars and students are going to be researching it. And it's going to be part of history. We do have historical and cultural value. So I'm going to be reincarnating, looking at all, some of this stuff that I helped create and going, wow, that seems interesting. You know, but I won't have that fresh drama with it right or the memory of the loss or of it being when you were young now like we do now with each other and the experience because it's still so you know it's still fresh if you imagine for example ancient egypt and you imagine being you know a priestess of isis in ancient egypt it's kind of easy to do actually you can yeah you can read as much as you want and, and and connect more and more and just go there but there was a time when 
somebody was a priestess of Isis when she was young, and then somebody like the Arabs or the whoever came and burned down Alexandria that year, or the or you know, and then as an older woman, she missed the days when she was a priestess of Isis. Right. And so for her, it was 40 years ago. And uh, it's just a phenomenon that doesn't exist anymore. But maybe to someone else that, that she's talking to... It does exist. Seriously, the Library of Alexandria... You're right. ...is the internet. You can find... It's the new library. Yeah. You can find anything. And I'm just, like, so blown away that all of this stuff that was, like, gold 40 years ago to even find... It's like it's all readily available to anyone. Yeah. yeah. Nobody needs to sit before a master or guru. Right. It's like they need to learn to be that themselves. Right. But we needed it back then. I'm sorry. We it was the transitional it. period. Yeah. It was a tra- yeah. You need, we needed help. But not, not every generation needed Jesus. Exactly. It, just, just the one. And then, you know, a hundred years later, they had the story. Yeah, you know, and not to say that Father Yod is is you know on that same exact level necessarily, but I mean I think the point is that Jesus would agree that every person who aspires is a person who aspires, and every soul is a soul, a soul that remains below is a soul that remains below, and we're all sparks of God, and we're all in totality. The entire universe reflected like a like a hologram contains the whole picture within every one of its parts. It's not that we are a spark of God. It's that we literally are God as a spark. I know that was that that exactly. It, it's it, Father Yod was our Jesus. He was our God because he dared to step into that. He dared to step into his. His godhood is what he did, yeah, and which we're all supposed to be doing. That's our next evolutionary process as a spiritual being. And whether Jesus was real or not, um, he was the prototype for that next being, that spiritual being. Yeah, you know, and and we're all, yeah, we 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 are God. And back then, it was blast blast. For me, right, and it still, still is in many circles. And it yeah. still kind of is, even with source family members yeah, to yeah. think that they thought that he was God or Jesus, but they were seeing it wrong. You know, we we, and he always said, you know, that doesn't mean I'm the God, and it doesn't mean you're not God. There's not just one. There's not one right. Jesus ever, 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 ever. Yeah, but he went through his journey with it, and there was times he. Got confused himself, and I well, confused is the wrong word. You just he went on his journey, and it was his journey. Let's let's just get it straight here. The source family was Father Yod's evolutionary journey, and he said right away, right from the beginning, Edward. He says, "I'm going on a journey. I don't know where it's going to take me. If you want to come along, you're welcome, and it's going to be fun." He made it very clear right from the beginning that we could witness, and that's the way I felt. I felt I witnessed his evolutionary process and his journey. And there was bends in the road. It got messy. There is a what of could have should have as on any path that a person's on, any battle they're fighting. And that shouldn't be held against them. Yeah. You know, at least he went to battle with it, and I think he came out much better than than what he started. 
as far as you know his his spiritual evolution and process and he left a lot for us i mean my god you know we got to see death and birth and understand it understand the mystery teachings that today it's like everything makes sense because of it yeah you know so he 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 gave us a lot and he left a lot apparently for other people because there are a lot of people that just relate to that whole adventure that we're 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 sharing yeah relate to him you know so there was there's something all over the country and probably the world you'll find individuals or maybe groups of two or three who have a guitar in one corner and then in the other corner they've got you know modern magic next to some tantric manual and some other things and they kind of fantasize about wouldn't it be cool if instead of having to go to church every sunday if i could go to a place where we all just rock out and then do kabbalah and get into some tantra and you know smoke a bowl and then they hear about the source family and they're like are you serious someone did that that actually happened and uh and so yeah they're drawn to it because they're already they're already kind of part of it. And, um, yeah. you know, I mean, they see that, that, that eye in the triangle. And I think part of what that does is, I mean, it makes you curious and you want to do more research, but it also takes a little bit of the, oh, that spooky symbol on the back of the dollar bill. Don't you know that's the Masonic bad guys conspiracy? It kind of like, it makes it a little bit fun. It, it was much more of a, hey, look, it's the all-seeing eye, you know, and the number 13, ooh. But we, we know what it means, you know. Symbols are symbols which you know, and they can use be used however you want to use. Yeah, them. you know it's not that the symbol is bad; it's it's how they're being used. Yeah, and you know that I'm preaching to certainly. The yeah, but well, good, good stuff. Yeah, I think so. I I'm even there's just so much out there right now that's been elevated. You know, we're in a whole new time frame, and the Annie's been upped. You know, the uh, 60s and 70s was game on. Yeah. And now it's it's the Annie has been upped, and um, I still find it very exciting. I, I, I think I've pretty well have presented, well, I'm not the only one. There's a, a lot of us that have helped save the legacy. There's a lot that's still helping with it. You know, everybody's got their story. Everybody can tell their own story. I'm not the only one. But I, I feel like we have pretty well presented uh, what we had and who he was and some of the wisdom teachings and uh, the journey and being part of that time frame. I don't really think there's been any stone left unturned in any of it, uh, you know, whether it's sex, drugs, rock and roll, the man himself, godhood, uh, you know, the gods, the goddesses, uh, natural birth, homeschooling, all of it. Um, I, I feel pretty complete with it Yeah. myself. And now it's, the only thing I don't feel complete with is, is now, now rounding out my evolutionary process and journey. You know, there's a lot I need to do now for, for myself. I don't, I, you know, just making myself a better person and correcting uh, flaws that I've had along the way right. because I've been so, um, had blinders on to do what I was doing. I think it's now time for me to 
be my own persona. Yeah. And go on on my full journey as 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 myself. And that has been happening a lot over the years in meeting people and forming a whole new family structure and group. People that I'm I'm meeting, it's like instant bonding, like with you, it was instant bonding. Yeah. You know, just soul to soul. And there was like no drama. We were clear. It was so nice. <laughs> But there are a lot of still gnarly threads yeah. uh, from the past. And, you know, I could have done a lot of stuff different. Um, there were twists and turns, you know, on my journey with it all, too. And it, some of it got messy. So I think it's just time for me now to, to figure out how to move on with all of that and take care of my last stage of this incarnation because I I am 73. Yeah. So I am in the last stage of it and just try to stay in my heart as much as possible and figure it out. Yeah. I mean, the the more of that you can do, then the fresher of a start you'll be able to have on the next time around. Right. And, um, you know, this, the, the thread with that soul has uh, never been broken. And I, I mean, not just this life, but apparently a lot of lifetimes. And I'm sure it will continue, you know? Yeah. But, and, you know, this whole thing with, with dimensions and timelines, <laughs> um, I really, really believe we can live in different dimensions at one time. But I think they overlap. Mm. It's just too too bad we can't remember more of them you know for right. living parallel lifetimes or whatever I, what I was thinking was once they start doing brain augmentation with technology and nano you know technology and stuff like that that it might trigger some kind of an ability to perceive those you know sideways to those other dimensions oh uh, yeah well, well we're we'll be encoded as we go along yeah you know uh, locks will be opened that, you know, are sealed for our own safety, apparently. I don't know. Well, thank you very much for being on the Esoteric Nerd podcast with me today. Thank you, Edward. And I'll, I'll, I'll see you soon, next time I come to L.A. Sounds good. Okay. Have a good day. Love. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Isis Aquarian for coming on the Esoteric Nerd Podcast tonight. Thank you to the monks at Mount Koyasan for providing the intro and outro to this podcast. Thank you to Camille and Kennerly for providing the intro and outro of the interviews in this podcast. Thank you to my wife, Anadzor FSM, for the ISIS invocation. And most importantly, thank you, the Esoteric Nerd listening to this podcast. I highly recommend the movie Beyond Lemuria. It's very amusing. As one of the stars put it, it's mystery science theater material. I can't deny that, but I also really thoroughly enjoyed the movie, and I do recommend it. We've already heard from Poke Runyon on this podcast. He's one of the stars of the movie, and indeed the writer and producer of the movie. Merrick Hamer played Brother Philo. We'll be talking to him here on the podcast in a few days. And actually, in an hour and a half, I will be interviewing Isabella Shahira, 
who was also featured prominently in that movie. You can stream it for free on the internet, but I'm sure that Poke Runyon would prefer that you purchased it on Amazon or through his website, if you have extra money and you're still into DVDs. Thank you all for tuning in. Good night.